1: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
0: 20 minutes a day, 365
2: days a year podcast to grab mine and we could have been dueling for the cold is there a cold open for this show oh, no we're or, live right now this we is just great. open it's no, no we're live we're live this is absolutely perfect we're, we're gonna do the whole go? show and it's gonna you, be amazing so you want, do you want to play pokemon go right now would do you do it. have it what shinies do you have right now like what are you rocking with
3: oh i got tons of shinies oh you
2: got i bet you do
3: festival day i bet you hey andy (laughs) hey guys oh so hey before we get started i'm gonna introduce you guys in a second but i've been i don't have like a intro or like a cold open as we were just discussing for this so i've been working on a new introduction i want to try it out so let me let me just herman vermin packer nation Welcome to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Andy, not Tom Grassi Herman. Joining me is the one and only Wes Hodkowitz. You can follow him on Twitter at Wes Hod, digital reporter for Packers.com, of course, and Tom Grassi. Hi. I like that intro, Andy. I've never heard that before.
4: No. It seemed very organic. I yeah, just I, I like that all you, on my own,
3: uh, something new, something fresh, just something a little bit different. I needed a little bit, something else. I just Good. like how
2: you called your audience vermin.
3: Yeah. That's, I, that's a, that's a bold is.
2: move, Cotton. I don't know if that one's going to pay off, but you're like, it honestly could be great. You're like, Hey, Rubonic played fleas on
3: rats. Like, let's go. Like, <laughs> When everything else is gone, the Pack-a-Day podcast will still be here. That's all that matters. Okay. I think you should just, like, really lean into it. Go, like,
2: Randy Andy, like, show up in just pink spandex, right? <laughs> like, just looking Scotty Too Hotty. Like, just, just like, lean into it, bud. It's fine. You want to see Pack-a-Day? Well, we're about to see
3: Andy packing today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be outstanding. Uh, of we course, we can, can be here as long him. as you need <laughs> us, Andy. We're We're here all night. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. He, of course, is Tom Grassi. You should follow him on Twitter, at Tom Grassi Comedy, creator of the PatCast, leader of the Grossi Posse. Um, If you haven't checked out PatCast, it's very similar to the Pack a Day podcast. We do very similar numbers. You don't have to worry about that. It's it's basically the same. uh, But, you know, Tom does an amazing job. So, of course, make sure to follow both of them. We've got a ton to discuss. It's going to be absolutely epic show. This is how it's going to be, I think, the entire time. But, uh, Tom, I, I have something to tell you. Um, this isn't actually uh, a pack podcast at all. This is actually uh, a, a peer mediation between you and Wes. Uh, Wes asked me to do this because I've, I've heard that there's still an outstanding appearance fee that's owed to Wes. And I just want to see where that's at and see if we can't, you know, mediate something here. You know, oh, oh. is there? Is there, Andy? First of all, I have
2: peers. Second of all, second of all. Okay, that's what, that's how we want to play this, right? Right off the bat. So, Wes, you didn't tell him, huh? You didn't tell him that I actually did send you money last oh, year. Did? Oh, I actually sent him money, and we went back and forth. Oh, no, 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 no. But like, you know what? Was it on PayPal? I think it was on PayPal. Let's. I'll say this. Hmm. What do you say, Wes? You if say
4: Tom this? Grassi was an actual MMA fighter, his nickname would be receipts.
2: Oh, yeah, he, he does he carry keeps receipts. receipts. I have all. Tom the did
4: that. He would not let me give him his money back. True. <laughs> so here I am. I did get an appearance fee. Hopefully the IRS doesn't find out about it. Well, they, but there they was know. a whole $3 American, this was before inflation, my inflation. that went into my son's child fund, uh, my my son's child fund and his college fund, mm. and uh, yeah, Tom is supporting the
3: cause. That's That's amazing. Did did he uh, take inflation into consideration after taking so long to pay it though?
2: This was before. This was before inflation. There was a little
3: interest there. Cause usually like, you know,
2: you charge like a buck 50, you know, $2, but I had the extra dollar on there just because of the the late fee. So the
4: agent got 3%. Yeah. The Packers got 25%. (laughs) At the end of the day, it just was enough to kind of start up like a CD over at the local bank. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll grow. It'll be good. Um,
3: Amazing. So I I do want to start off because, uh, Tom, you have been uh, very close with uh, Kirk Benkert and he signed with the 49ers practice squad today, which is cool news. I want to know, first of all, your thoughts on it. Second of all, how much uh, the throwing video between you and Kurt uh, really went into the 49ers decision to sign him to the practice squad?
2: Well, listen, you know, Kurt and I, uh, we talk pretty frequently. And so the thing was. He told me yesterday, yesterday uh, that this was workout number two with the San Francisco 49ers. Cause he worked out with the Titans. He worked out with the Texans. He worked out with the Chicago bears and now the 49ers again. Uh, so he was feeling good. He was feeling ready. And then uh, yeah, going to the practice squad. And I think it was definitely uh, exasperated because of course, you know, you got Trey Lance, unfortunately breaking his ankle. So they definitely needed uh, a QB there. So he is very happy uh, to say the very least. And this, in terms of the throwing video, um, what I've heard, I mean, again, I can't confirm any of these stories and rumors because it's very hush-hush among the media, you guys know. Um, but I think the 49ers got their hands on it and said, well, this kind of just looks like how the Packers play against us anyway. So, you know what, we might as well just uh, bring them aboard.
3: That makes a ton of sense. And But to be fair to uh, Kurt here, yeah, uh, there clear. were a variety of uh, quarterbacks that were um, were tried out, including what it was yes. Mike Glennon, and then uh Kirk Bankert, AJ McCarron, Garrett Gilbert, Kevin Hogan. So, uh, a lot of quarterbacks, and he he won the job. So, kind of cool, cool story there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so happy for Kurt again.
2: It's the 49ers, but it's better than the Bears, honestly. It's just it, that that one I don't know if I would have been able to swallow.
3: But so, Wes, the question I have for you uh, we know my affinity for former Packer backup quarterback Tim Boyle, uh, we know Tom's affinity for former backup quarterback. Kirk Benkert, uh, who wins in the battle of backup quarterbacks between Tim Boyle and Kirk Benkert?
4: Well, t- Tim is an all-time favorite of mine too, and unfortunately, because of the pandemic, I never actually got a chance to meet Kurt in person.
3: Um, mm.
4: It was just through social media, just through those type of things. Um knows I- some good people, I guess. <laughs> Tim is. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, man. It was fun that run he was on, and and uh, being a part of it, and seeing. I, I think. I'm probably a little bit of a sap for the, you know, the, the long shot stories. I probably do more of those per capita than a lot of other people on the beat. But when you factor in that Tim had one of the lowest passer ratings in college football history, yep. but I think when he got done with college still felt like he had something left to prove, had something to show, Um, the guy did it. And that's going to be a story that I think I'm going to kind of like the Lucas Patrick thing, you know, this Jack cocoa deal now those are the things that this league is all about because it doesn't have to be even in kurt's case it doesn't have to be one straight you go to the indianapolis in the combine you get drafted you play you start you go to a pro bowl no i mean there's a lot of different ways to be successful in this league and whatever happens for tim and i know he ended up i think on the practice squad with detroit this season yep i mean he has a lot to hold his head high about
3: my my funny uh, Tim Boyle story is The very first practice that he was at, it was what was it? Kaiser and Rogers and Huntley, Huntley and then uh, or and then uh, him. And it was yeah. four quarterbacks. And Huntley had played uh, the entire previous season, was basically the start of the entire season. Kaiser was they just traded for him was the quarterback for the Browns the entire previous season. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. You've got these three fairly high profile quarterbacks. Clearly, Rogers being the biggest of the three, and then you've got Tim Boyle. And the thing that shocked me at the, the moment, and I'm—we need to go into a huge backup quarterback tangent here, but like, is that like he—he he totally believed that he could be there, like was like. No difference than anything else on day one. I was so impressed with his confidence. Like if you didn't know, not from a play style, but just how he carried himself on the very first day of practice, if you didn't know who the starter was, you would have had no idea that it wasn't Tim Boyle. And he's walking around with these three high profile quarterbacks. And then the funny part is I was on a radio show that day, later that day, and somebody asked me like, who's a player that kind of stood out to you that, uh, you know, maybe nobody would know about. And I told the Tim Boyle story of like how he looks so confident and just had this kind of swagger about him. And then the, he followed it. The, the radio host followed it up by saying, well, you heard it here. Tim Boyle probably in line for a backup quarterback So I'm like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. But, uh, it ended up actually it. happening. So yeah. uh, no, he's,
4: he's a good dude. I, I think I told Tom this story too. I know I definitely told you and it, it's a joke with big B yep. about the fact that I, oh, I asked him for the Tim Boyle signed card, but I had gotten a national treasures boil card. I don't collect a lot of sports memorabilia, but I have this really unique niche collection of stuff. Um, Yeah, here we go. There you go. Oh, we got,
3: we got the Tim There We got the, yeah, right the rookie right ticket. There.
4: And well, the, what was cool about the national treasures one was the fact that they actually used my quote from Alan Lazard on the back of the cart. They didn't give me credit for it. That's cool. But It was actually Allen's quote because if you remember when Allen was breaking in in 19, that's who was throwing him a lot of passes was actually Tim. So those are the neat little moments. And I know we'll talk about a lot of the current Packers stuff, but I I think when you, we got, we do this long enough and I've been doing it now for what, 11 years now professionally um, covering the Packers. Like those, those are the stories you end up telling people five, 10, 15 years down the line.
3: Yeah. No, totally agreed. I somehow messed up my camera now that I put the Tim Boyle card. You just,
2: <laughs> you put your finger like up to the lens and then back it up. Yep. And then back it up. And there you go, buddy. And there you go.
3: Oh, look at that. This is why it. Tom has like three or four more followers than I do. He knows all the tricks of the trade. I think it might be up to five, but I think one of them just unsubscribed. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, it was me, actually. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about one of the big pieces of news. We are going to talk some, some Packers stuff here, some current Packers stuff. Uh, Mike Evans suspended for fighting, uh, which is obviously a big Packer story. But before we get into all the important Packer stuff, I do want to ask both of you most importantly, uh, what is the biggest fight that you have ever been in, in your lives? Because we are three, uh, very muscle bound gentlemen who, uh, lift a lot of weights and get into a lot of testosterone driven fights. Um, so I just wanted to know, you know, personally, what was the, uh, the biggest fight you've ever been in, in your life?
2: Mine's actually, Hold on, is that the biggest one? I got so there's there's two that come to mind. There was one when I was a freshman. I actually because I tell it as a joke, but it's a real story that happened. I got jumped when I was a freshman in high school, walking home by three seniors because I didn't share my graham crackers with them during lunch. Like so, like they I I swung so like they didn't get me too bad, but I sprained my thumb. Um, and then like someone like came out and then they got in their car and drove away, but. That was that was a, a fun one. And then another one challenged me to a wrestling match. He had like a WWE spinner belt. And I was like, oh, okay, we're going to mess around. And then he punched me in the head. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so there was that one too. So, yeah. Beautiful. Wes? And Wes when we were at the, the barbecue. But that was off camera. Yeah.
4: I don't think I can match that. I, I'm just, I, I do have, I'll give a story here. But seniors in high school, 17, 18 years old. presumably have gone to a prom before they were they were shaking you down for graham crackers
2: yeah so because that's the thing i was allergic to dairy so like i had to bring a lot of like my lunch a lot of the times and i brought home like snacks from home and all that stuff and i had graham crackers and this kid came up to me he was like 17 18 years old and he was like yo give me some of them graham crackers and i was like no (laughs) and he was like all right i'm gonna see you later and i was like
3: i don't think so and then yeah they saw me later
4: wow
3: Amazing. What would you have done in hindsight? Would you have just given the graham crackers or was it worth the fight? Oh, hell no. Those graham crackers were delicious.
2: Like we weren't going to give those up. Absolutely not. Listen, I hear a lot of things about prison. And the number one thing that I hear about prison (laughs) is you don't give up your graham crackers. So
3: there's a lot of value in those in the prison community. That's
4: it. So it's funny because obviously you both know, like I'm a big wrestling mark and I love, you know, mixed martial arts and UFC and everything. I haven't really ever been in a fight though, and I think if you talk to most people who know me, I tend to be more of the peacemaker than uh, a war machine, you know, for a lack of a better expression. Um, oh. I do. I do remember uh, in seventh grade, my neighbor was in my uh, like we had like the like little homeroom classes. You remember that? I don't know if you guys had where you start yes. like your yes. first fifteen minutes, you start there, yep, and then they they scoot you off to your first period class. Well. He had done something. I, in my memory escapes me a little bit, but he had done something where it, it had ticked me off. Um, I don't know if he was he was trying to be cool and didn't want to act like he knew me, or if we were like bickering over some kind of book or or maybe graham crackers. Mm. But either way, he was going back to his his chair, and I got enraged. So what did I do? I went and I pushed him. I oh. pushed him. Oh. I took potential and shifted it into kinetic energy but the thing that was funny about it was and and david could have kicked my butt then if we were in a playground but what was funny about it was it's like one of those out of body experiences did you guys see that one thing um i think it was it was on wwe raw a couple weeks ago where like i think i sent it to you andy where otis the wrestler like gets hit by braun Strowman. he goes flying over same exact (laughs) thing like i got him in a way i'm not a strong person but i got him in a way that he like propelled nice. like over chairs and stuff like it looked terrible my the guidance counselor that was running our homeroom was like what are you doing kid I'm like so then uh, like a natural tough guy that really stands up and you will know, show you know grits his teeth I proceeded to cry for the next 10 minutes and then eventually got myself together nobody punished me and I was able to go to my social studies class
3: got him amazing that's the closest
4: I've been to a fight Andy
3: I don't have the time to tell the whole story, but this is a million percent true. Me and my friends for Halloween, this is a couple of years after college was done. Uh, all of us, there's probably like eight of us decided to go all as Abraham Lincoln. Um, and so we got to the bar and there's just eight Abraham Lincolns just chilling <laughs> at the bar. I'm at the corner of the bar. It's a car bar called Vitucci's in Milwaukee. And mm. um, I'm at the corner and the bouncer comes in and says, you're too close to the door. You need to push your chair in, which is fine. I'm not like a. Uh, aggressive person I wanted to push my chair and the only issue is it didn't go in any further so I politely told the gentleman it doesn't go in any further and of course he goes back out comes back in the next time he's like you need to push your chair in I'm like I can't I, it just doesn't go any further you can't
2: go in any further
3: so he goes out comes back and he says if you don't push your chair in I'm gonna kick your ass and I'm like I said I was very hammered at the time uh, I should note I said if you want to kick my ass kick my ass but I can't push the chair in anymore. So he lifts Abraham Lincoln up this this, this version of the Abraham Lincoln. And he throws me outside, which pissed me off. So I go at the bouncer, which is very poor idea, but I go at the bouncer. Um, but the best part of this is this is Milwaukee, downtown Milwaukee. So there's a whole line of people trying to get in the bar and they see a fight break out. So everyone else starts to fight. And you know how like the Bugs Bunny cartoons were like everyone's pounding themselves in a pile and like Bugs just kind of like slips from underneath and watches everyone (laughs) else fight. This was a million percent me as Abraham Lincoln just like kind of like drop back. I should have been destroyed by this bouncer. Instead, I got a shot on him. Everyone starts fighting. I back up and just back away. And then some girl gets in my face because I started this whole thing and her boyfriend's probably like getting beat up in the fracas or whatever. So she gets mad at me. So I'm yelling at her. Of course, her six foot five boyfriend comes and now picks up Abraham Lincoln and says, you hit my girlfriend. And I'm like, Whoa, how did this escalate? I'm like, does she look hit? Did she get anything? So finally I'm like, I'm leaving. Meanwhile, two of my other Abraham Lincoln friends are getting beat up in the parking lot. And I'm just, I left Abraham Lincoln was out and that was an for halloween that night so that is by far and away the best uh fight the only fight i've ever been in and it was a bar fight which was great
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDSE.
4: I, I think the moral of the story is A, don't go out for Halloween, and B, I'm glad
2: I got old. <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly. don't
3: have to yeah. worry about that anymore.
2: Lincoln shouldn't go been. to the bar or the theater.
3: <laughs> I should have been <laughs> annihilated in so you many know. different ways, and somehow I just was out of there, no issue, and I think I just went home for the night, but yeah, that's fun. Uh, But anyway, Mike Evans probably (laughs) suspended. So (laughs) we got back to that somehow. Uh, Good times. I want to talk about a little bit about Aaron Jones. Let's talk some actual Packers for those who actually came for for more Packers (laughs) talk. Uh, This was obviously a phenomenal performance for Aaron. I said this week that... I think it's so easy to take him for granted as just one of the really great running backs and great players in the league. Wes, I, I kind of want to ask you first, because as great of a player he is, and I know we never really know the players totally, but he's just one of those guys that seems like even a better person. You've obviously had the opportunity uh, to talk with him in the locker room on numerous occasions. What's what's the vibe around Aaron and, and what kind of person and, and and just all the great things that are always said about Aaron and from that point of view?
4: Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers uh, hit it out of the park after the game when he mentioned both him and really, AJ Dillon too although we're just finally getting a chance to get to know AJ better this year after COVID uh all the restrictions but they they've never every day is the best day of their lives and Aaron Jones is a special guy in that he is an actual superstar now I mean he is one of the top five running backs in the league playing a position that is idolized in fantasy football that gets all the headlines that people are constantly, even if you're not a green Bay Packers fan, everybody knows who Aaron Jones is, but yet he, he still is the same exact kid from UTEP that was standing in the middle of the locker room as a fifth round pick, trying to tell everybody I'm a lot better than what people really say I am. And I think the cool thing about it was I had an opportunity, you know, to do a story with his dad years ago. Um, obviously his mom, Vergas in his brother, uh, Elvin Jr., that family and understanding what they went through and, and having two parents that served in the military for 58 years combined or 56 years, whatever it was, you know, the parents are in Iraq in 03 when Aaron and his, and his brother and his siblings, they're they're off in Georgia, I believe at the time, the kid moved around all that much and he stayed so tied to his family and his principles and all that is great. And it makes you kind of pull for him. But then when you see the player that he's become, I think it's also that background that has allowed him to stay on the incline the last five, six years. At a position, guys, where everybody wants to say running backs are a dime or a dozen, I think Aaron Jones has proven that you can still be on the come up the entire time. And at 27 years old, I mean, this kid's still at the peak of his powers. and, And you're seeing it these first two weeks when he is healthy and when he is in everything's lined up i mean he he's not a running back he's he's a legitimate playmaker that's going to be able to hurt a defense
3: yeah 13 missed tackles this week it's it just it's so crazy what he's able to accomplish you look at him and you're like that's not a guy that's going to you know have force 13 missed tackles on a team but uh, he's one of the slipperiest running backs if not the slipperiest running back in the NFL um, I think it was him that mentioned being slippery right in, in the postgame presser and it's just a perfect word for him because he's not the strongest he's not the fastest he's not the quickest he's not the jukiest he's not any of it but you, you just can't tackle the guy and it's uh, it's unfathomable but good stiff arm um, good power overall but man just guys can't get him wrapped up Tom what did you think of his performance this week?
2: I mean he has these performances like multiple times a season right like there's just like one where it is the aaron jones show and it was funny because i was streaming the mike evans fight i was streaming that game at one o'clock and someone was asking in the chat they were like should i start aj dylan or should i start jones because you know dylan was like the leading receiver in week one he was getting a lot of carries and i was like buddy this is gonna be the aaron jones show because it it just happens it's sunday night football it's lambeau field and he does this you know time and time again And I think, you know, Wes hit the nail on the head. Like when he's healthy, he's a top five back easily. And just like, he's so elusive. He's able to do crazy things, but the best part about it, he's like an amazing receiver too. You know, we talk about Dylan and how he's definitely emerged as a guy who wasn't supposed to be able to to know how to catch. And he obviously can, but Jones, I mean, every Packers podcast out there, right? He's like, yeah, there's a chance. He's our number two uh, leading receiver uh, this season. And he shows why. And I think that, You know, if the Packers are going to make a run for it this season, a lot of it obviously is going to come down to the defense, but it's going to come off the shoulders of those two guys. And it's going to be Dylan and Jones. And I think Jones is just going to be a huge part of this offense. And I think it's just why like fans are just clamoring so much for him to constantly get the ball because when he gets it in his hands, he could do magic.
3: Yeah, it was interesting. Obviously the big storyline after week one was only eight touches for Aaron Jones, which at the time I'm like, you know, sometimes when you have a Jones and a Dylan and the game's just not going your way, sometimes that's gonna happen. And then you see week two and you're like, Yeah, it really was egregious that he didn't get yeah. three, eight touches in that first game. Uh, that that can't happen again. And I don't think it's probably going to the rest of the season. Um, also wanted to ask you guys about Sammy Watkins, who I think we saw our first real uh, flash from this past week. Obviously had the big explosive play towards the end of the game, but had a couple nice completions outside of that. Tom, you're the renowned wide receiver of the group. I'll start with you. What was your impression of uh, Sammy Watkins this week?
2: So I'm not going to lie. Week one, because it was week one, Sammy Watkins. I started him in fantasy, which was a major mistake. Week on, one on by Sammy part. Watkins, though. It was week one, Sammy Watkins. I had the hope and I, and I believed. Um, it was really nice to see Sammy get involved more. And I think fans had a weird... Like perception of him because in practice you're like well he's not really doing a whole lot right like during this whole training camp and rogers is coming out he's like he's a game guy like he's like when you're actually playing the football game that's the guy that you go to and i think that hopefully what it's going to be if he is able to remain healthy this is just like the beginning of his emergence because i think when you have very young wide receivers like we do You lean on guys like Randall Cobb, which happened this past Sunday. Alan Lazard, which happened this Sunday. Very happy to get him back. And Sammy Watkins. I mean, he's the other veteran of the group. He just hasn't been with the team. So I think that while he doesn't have, like, the explosiveness that he once did, the guy shows that he still can run routes. He can get open. And, you know, hopefully he just becomes a more dynamic
3: weapon as the season goes
2: along and gets more familiar with Rodgers and the offense. I'm not yeah.
3: gonna lie. I don't totally get the the week one Sammy Watkins. He's had one week one over 100 yards in his entire career. He had the nine yeah. for 198 and three touchdowns back in 2019. Yeah, but every other week one has never been over 100 yards. Which yes. um it's still been good, but like that one game sort of set the standard. Week, for one, week one Watkins, Sammy Watkins. Andy, Andy what, Sammy, what were you gonna say?
4: Week one Sammy Watkins is what I was gonna say. It's week one. No. Sammy um, I'm I'm gonna actually uh go to my phone here because uh I wrote a story on Sammy Watkins which oh. you can find tomorrow on oh. Packers.com. Oh, sneak peach, huh? This is the headline I use, and I'll explain it here in a second. We'll see if Spofford actually let me keep it or if he changed it. But my headline was Sammy Watkins proving to be the right fit for the Packers offense locker room. The one thing, guys, I think is really special about this guy is, you got to remember, Sammy Watkins was a five-star recruit, one of the top, most highly touted players coming out of high school when he went to Clemson. He the number four overall pick in 2014. And he's a guy that has openly said time and time again, this season at 29 years old, whatever the role is, I'm up for it. And he has a lot to prove. He said it. He feels like his back was against the wall this season, but it's also not, he's not the type of player that's going to be sitting there demanding targets, demanding attention, In a lot of ways, while he wasn't here with Devontae or Jordy, he is here with Randall now and has some history with him. He sort of fits that prototype for a Packers receiver. He wants to get on the same page with Rodgers. He put in that work to do that in August, but he also is totally cool going out and throwing a block. And it was really interesting. His his quote, I know it got picked up by a lot of people and it's in my story tomorrow about how he loves the running game and he's blocking more now than he really ever has in his career. And it's it's fitting that his three catches all came off play action plays because he sees the big picture. And when you bring in a free agent, you know, these guys, you know, especially at that position, you can get a lot of prima donnas and Watkins is very to the point he's quiet, but he's personable. And I just think that in so many ways that has proven to be the right guy for this locker room, because the Packers needed another vet, to help them augment this roster even before they drafted all these running backs or all these receivers. And I, I just feel like whatever sa- they get out of Sammy Watkins this season is going to be a positive because I think there's going to be a lot of guys in that room, even the Alan Lazards that are going to be able to learn something from him and understand, you know, what this guy's accomplished. And yeah, I know Sammy, there's still more that he wants to. And I know there, you know, maybe there's certain aspects of his career he wasn't over the moon about, but You know, he's still done quite a bit. and He's won a Super Bowl in this league and and he's played with some really good players and quarterbacks. So I'm excited to see where it goes. I I thought last week was definitely uh, a big, you know, you know, his arrow pointing up for the most part.
3: Yeah, I'm so excited uh, about the performance he put on last week, but um, I'm also excited in a weird way about his blocking so far. Uh, Maybe a a bold hot take. I think by the end of the year, people will realize, I think he might be the best one, if not the best blocking receiver in the league in that conversation. I think he's going to be outshine Alan Lazard, who's obviously known as a blocking wide receiver as well in that capacity. And I also think And again, I know this isn't like this, like when people talk about three wide, you know, receivers and the best three wides you can put out there, they're not talking about blocking wide receivers usually, but I actually think that the Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson trio of wide receivers has the ability to be quite possibly one of the best blocking receiver trios that I think I've seen certainly in Green Bay and even across the league, all three of those guys can go and are willing blockers. And that may not sound like much, but this is a team that predicates itself on everyone blocking for everyone else as great as Devante was as a pure wide receiver and you're not trading, you know, you don't want to trade him away unless you absolutely have to not a great blocking receiver. And you're okay with that because he's going to catch 160 passes and a billion yards and everything else. But this is a group that really does do the dirty work for everyone else. And I thought this past week, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, we saw exactly what you can do when you've got receivers that are blocking down the field for you.
4: Yeah. And and the thing is too, as you mentioned, I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, a guy like Alan Lazard, again, it's it's still egregious to me every single year how that guy went undrafted, um, because he uh, this offense is different when Allen's available. You know, people that don't watch the Packers are going to look at two catches for 13 yards and a touchdown, and go, who? At least he got that touchdown and save me some fantasy points. But the reality is, I mean, the Packers they they accomplish what they accomplished in that game with everything that Alan can do because you can move him around so many different yeah. ways for a guy that's six five and 220 yeah. pounds. And obviously the block was huge that he threw on the the touchdown there to be able to just give Aaron Jones a little bit more room. That stuff's invaluable.
2: Big time. Tom, are you going to say something? I think it just like adds to the overall like message that this team is trying to send out. I mean, I don't think anyone's expecting the Packers offense to be like this big explosive. Like I feel like, fans are looking at it and being like, I want the 2011, right? Like that we're talking about week one, Sammy Watkins, but it hasn't happened for like, you know, three, four years. I feel like that's what fans keep wanting and being like, well, where's the explosive plays? Like, where is it going to happen? And not saying that it's not going to happen, you know, in this offense, but I think the key to the Packers success this year is just going to be balanced. It's going to be a balanced football team. It's going to be receivers that are able to block and make more, you know, lanes for the running backs or allow another receiver to get open. And quite honestly, like, I don't care if every single receiver has three or four receptions for like 50, 60 yards, you know, the entire year, because I think we've, the Packers have tried so many iterations of, okay, this offense works, this defense kind of works, you know, let's put together, we make it to the playoffs, and then it kind of falls flat. Maybe this is what it's going to take of just being that balance. It's not too flashy, it's not too showy, but they controlled time possession against the Bears in a major, major way, and they dominated that game. I know the you know, fields came back at the end, you know, and get made a little bit close, but I had like no fear after the first quarter. And that's how I hope the Packers are going to operate the rest of the season.
3: Yeah, I think we saw a, a huge chunk of the formula sort of develop this week, you know, with uh, you know, nobody's more than four targets. Sammy led the way with four targets, like almost everyone else had three, Tonyan had two, Tyler Davis had one, uh, if memory serves. Um, obviously getting the ball heavily to the running backs, but this is a running back driven team. And I think eventually a defensive driven team. And we've all of a sudden seen a special team score that actually has a few special teams aces on it for the first time <laughs> in, I don't know, ever. Um that I think they have the formula to win that type of game. I also think that's that takes a transition. This has been a quarterback-driven team, and I'm not saying it's not by Rodgers still clearly, but there's been a quarterback pass-heavy team for, I don't know, three decades basically. Um, So to all of a sudden uh, lean very heavily on the the two running backs and have it be a little bit more of a – um, like you said, Tom, a balanced attack. I think that's going to take a little bit of a transition. I think we saw that week one, but I think they leaned into it week two, and we saw the results. I know it's the Bears. I get it. A very talent-deficient team right now, but uh, they won by three scores and were never stressed in that game by playing that brand of football. I think, I think there's a lot more meat on that bone moving forward.
2: Well, I think it's going to come down to that. You What you saw in week one, right? So the Vikings put up a bunch of points really, really quickly. It's true, Dusty, right? They put up a lot of points very, very quickly. That's where the Packers are going to run into problems. If they encounter like those offensive teams that are like boomer bust and they're booming that week, that's going to be tough to come back from because I think the way they're going to be designed is to bleed the clock, you know, slowly move down the field and then score. So I think that's where the defense comes in. And if the defense is able to do its job and keep those games, you know, low scoring the Packers should win those games, nine out of 10 based on, you know, the guys
3: that we already have on the field. I totally agree. Um, I do want to talk about Elton Jenkins because clearly his return this past week was a a key to this Packers team and a key talking point. But it became even more so for me when you hear Matt Lafleur go so aggressively. Uh, he's very quick to praise players and coaches and post game pressers and in just in general. Um, but he was unprompted, well, you know, very over the top about how important Elton Jenkins was in that game. Um, going as far to say he doesn't think they win that game if Elton doesn't play. Um, that speaks volumes. And then, of course, Aaron Rodgers was asked about it as well um, and went on a uh, not a tangent, but went on about what success means and how successful of a start this was for Elton Jenkins. Uh, Wes, I want to start with you. Your, your thoughts on a how aggra- aggressive in a good way that Matt was uh, talking about Elton Jenkins after that game and what you saw from Elton in his first game back.
4: Yeah, it was impressive, and and it was interesting because, you know, if you go back and look at it, I know there was probably that one sack that he definitely probably wanted back. And, you know, talking to him afterwards, he mentioned, you know, kind of working through some of the rust and things. But when you look at it, and I'm not saying this even as a moral victory, I'm talking about this as a significant building block for him. Thanks. You know, I thought it was really impressive when Brian Balaga made it back in, what was that, 17 or 18, 18. Um, where he comes back from the ACL. It was about 10 months. Elton did it in just under 10. And for him to go out there and, you know, thing that I don't think enough people are talking about, that was his second NFL start at right tackle. He's done it once before. He did it in the opener. I think, what was that, in 2020? I'm trying to remember. But this is a guy that has played every position, played center when Corey Lindsley went down a couple years ago and looked like an all-pro there and has been willing and open and able to fill and wear so many hats for this offensive line. The thing I kept telling people was without Bakhtiari and without Elton, Yash Nyman was really the most veteran player on that offensive line. And Yash is you know, still at only a handful, 10 starts or whatever in his career. So I feel like getting Elton back helped not only just what they did on the field and the running, you know, in the, in the lanes that they were able to open up for the backs, but I think it gave the offensive line some of its swagger back, too. And there's a lot of potential there. There's a lot of youth. But having a bookend like him, and if you can get David back here at left tackle, I just feel like that's where it's all come into an alignment in, in the NFL, or I should say in this offensive line, uh, can start to really you know, show show what it has.
2: Tom, I think it, at, at the bare minimum, you have to g- think that it gives some more confidence to Aaron Rodgers, too. Right. I mean, like the guy Aaron Rodgers got destroyed in week one, whether, you know, we're talking about sacks or just like QB pressures or getting hit. You know, he took a wallop. You have a guy that that's back there and you know, you can trust him like, you know, he's going to be good. I think that just gives you more of a confidence and a boost and like, hey, something, a play doesn't go your way, right? So you have like a botched snap or something like that. You're like, that's not going to be the norm here because you have those anchors on the offensive line who are going to be able to provide that consistency. So you know that you're going to have an extra second maybe to get rid of that ball or the lane's going to be a little bit wider because he's on the field. And I mean, I've been saying this for a while now, and I'm sure many others have, you know, David Bakhtiari's injury Truly, I believe is the reason why we didn't go and potentially win two Super Bowls in 2020 and 2021 because they just weren't the same team after that. And you know, Elton being hurt and David being hurt last year against the 49ers, I think you have one of those guys in. It's a completely, totally different ball game. So I think the biggest thing the Packers are going to have to do is hopefully get that offensive line back to where it was. Hopefully get Bakhtiari back. You know, Elton stays healthy. And then I like the Packers chances a lot more on offense. And then they can kind of open the playbook a little bit more because Aaron won't be having to get it out, you know, immediately
3: or running for his life. You guys, you guys both kind of took the words out of my mouth because, A, I thought I thought even Rodgers in the very beginning of the game seemed a little bit jittery at times. I think he had a little bit of you know remembering what happened the week before in Minnesota. And then I just think Elton overall gave that entire team a bit more confidence. And it seemed like Rodgers kind of settled down after that, and then the rest of the game was it was kind of, a, um, I think, just much more easy. And I, I just feel like Elton brought that entire confidence uh, factor. And to your point, Wes, I, I tweeted out today as well, he played 33 snaps in the NFL at right tackle prior yeah. to that game, 33 snaps. So like, this is not just working off rust from an injury since November. This is him playing a new position really for the first time and getting acclimated to right tackle. And we've seen Elton play everywhere. He's going to be just fine at it long-term, but talk about a player who uh, yes, there was a couple of hiccups here and there wasn't his overall greatest performance of all time. But when you put into consideration, he's playing uh, right tackle for the first time since 2020, his th- his first snap in this game was 34th ever NFL snapper, right tackle. And the fact that he's coming off a, a torn ACL just from last November. I mean, what a, what a remarkable job he does given that circumstance. And it, it really, you know, it sort of just resonated with the rest of the offense and what they were able to do and how much different it makes everything Royce moving into his more natural right guard position. Jake Hansen moves into a bench role where he can, you know, kind of be the swing guy on the inside. It just, everything seemed a bit more together. And I think you could really feel that from the beginning of the game. Yeah. And if you
4: guys ever had a chance to talk to Elton, he's such an interesting guy because, you know, there's certain guys that it just feels like, do you ever get nervous? Do you ever do you ever get worried? Because it's like Elton is just so, you know, right on the level. And he's just kind of like, yeah. We'll go out there and we'll do it. And I remember hearing that quote. I I think what turned my antenna up to that was Rogers talking about Yash last year because everybody on the outside is like, oh, Yash is going to go out there. Never really seen this kid before. What's Stenevich thinking? Then Yash is looking around going like, man, this is cool. Like I do this for a living. Not worried, not freaking out. You got to have that mentality to succeed at this level. And when you add in all the other physical tools that Elton has, you know, knock on wood, everything stays clear for him going forward because he's going to have a long and prosperous career in the NFL. Oh
3: Yeah, yeah very much. I think there's some people that just, I, I say ego in a good way, but have the mentality of like, all right, if the guy next to me can do it, I, I can go out and do it. And like, yeah. it just, and then they, they're just going to go out and they're going to be so determined to be successful at whatever they do. And clearly Elton's a gifted uh, player as well. But like, he just seems to have that mentality of like, all right, if that guy can go play right guard, I can certainly go play right guard. Yeah. Oh, he, if that guy can play right tackle, I can certainly play right tackle. And like I said, it's, it's a it's a good ego. It's a good, like, just almost like motivating factor. And it just feels like he has no fear and he has that confidence that he can go out. I, I probably, if you asked him to play fullback tight end, who knows, he'd probably be like, yeah, I got that too. So um, yeah, it's just, it's a phenomenal story. And I'm so excited to have him back on the team playing, obviously. Yeah,
2: for yeah. sure. That man's
3: gonna make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Very Good for him. <laughs> Well-deserved too. All right, got to end with some fun stuff. For those of you who may not know, uh, all three of us, big wrestling and specifically AEW fans, Tom is going to be going uh, to the show Wednesday night, uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium. Grand Slam, baby. Grand oh, yeah. Slam, going to be get absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we were just talking off air of like how it was a nightmare last year for him to get out of there. But I got to ask you a few Packers slash AEW questions. So first, Ooh. first, number one we just had a crazy cm punk post uh pre- or post match press conference that ends <laughs> up in a brawl backstage who knows what's going to happen suspensions etc what packer in the history of the packers would be most likely to have a cm punk moment where they after the after the game talk crap about the rest of the team and then end up getting in a fight uh, in the locker room. It's
2: bad that the first thought that was Brett Favre.
3: <laughs> like, that, was <laughs> the first, that was my first
2: thought that he could just be like, listen, this guy sucks today. <laughs> like, But I also love to, after week one, how many people posted that CM Punk clip and then said, this is Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. after week one. He's just like, I'm old, I'm tired, I'm hurt, and I play I with, with children.
3: That was amazing. Wes, do you have an all time packer who might pull a stunt like that?
4: I don't know, man. I haven't covered a lot of like really angry people. <laughs> <laughs> and especially most of them been really good locker room guys. Um
3: I have the ah. an answer anyway. It's it's Martellus Bennett, right? It's got to be Martellus Bennett because it basically. I was, gonna, came... I was about to say Domofsky, by the way, but yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that works too. Like because Martellus almost did it. to – I mean, he he went after the fact and went uh, against the you know strongly against the Packers and everything. But big free agent signing didn't work big out. Cold, didn't do anything you know? that was expected of him. Ends up out earlier than expected. I think it's I think it's Martellus Bennett in this situation.
2: I I honestly don't even
3: consider him a Packer. I got to be honest, like he, he's totally like. I was just like, yeah, no. All right. You've got a locker room full of current Green Bay Packers. And instead of playing football, you're going to start a wrestling promotion with all of them. You are the booker. Who is the, who is going to be your world champion for all the Packers that are currently on the team? Who are you putting the the strap on? I, I'm not going to say strap on again. So I'm, who are you putting the belt, <laughs> you put the belt on?
2: You started off with I Can't go in any further. I'm pushing, but I can't get it in. Um, oh boy. That's Ugh. tough that's a good question. like it depends like do you want like there's a part of me that like you just book them just like they do hook and you just give it to Jair Alexander yeah. like he just goes out there and like barely says a word if anything, goes, takes care of the business, walks right onto the back, maybe does a yoga pose on the white back um could be.
4: I have a lot of names, but none of them are currently on the team, Andy. So I don't know
2: if i okay. really- go for it.
4: But, okay. So one, your, your one Dennis Kelly, I never got a chance to meet him in person, but the backup tackle last year finished year at right tackle was a huge wrestling fan, massive wrestling fan. I think he had some aspirations to maybe do it someday down the line. I wish I had had more conversations with him. I think it could have been, could have been friends um, <laughs> Two, you know, Danny Vitali was another guy too, that he was more on the MMA side, but he definitely like mm. had the physique for it. But I'm telling you guys, there's a young man, a little bit older now, but Andy Gruber in the locker room, one of the, the equipment guys, loves pro wrestling. Who is the number one guy that he was always kind of like joshing around with a little bit? Jamal Williams. Now, I'm telling you. I did see that. Jamal Williams won. Obviously, everybody looks at the presentation. But I don't know how many human beings have seen Jamal Williams without a sh- If you watch any of his Instagram things, Jamal Williams has the most pro wrestling physique and size of anybody I've covered. So Jamal can be successful in a lot of things he can do in life beyond football. But I'm telling you, if that young man someday wants to maybe head down to Florida and go into a you know performance center, he, uh, I really think Jamal, I've seen a couple things. I think Jamal Williams would be a really good one.
2: He got the promo down
3: easy. Absolutely. I mean, that guy he can, can cut a to promo you. tomorrow. I mean, yeah, he's, he would be over. Oh, yes. To say. I might go uh, AJ Dillon. I feel like he's got the yeah. right form of like build, but also he, he, he's a fan favorite. He gets everyone on his side. I feel like he can talk into a microphone a little bit. Um, I feel like there'd be something there, but uh, a little bit of work probably to be done overall. But I think I'd probably put the belt on him. Yeah. All right, last one. Last question before we get out of here. You have to put a Tag team together based on the the current structure of the Packers locker room. What is your tag team? And uh, yeah, go ahead, Wes. I
4: got it. It's Alan Lazard and Robert Tunyon. It has to be. I, I one. I don't know if you guys saw some of their videos during camp. We would do like the question of the day. Alan and 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 uh, Robert they came in the same time together. Robert got here a little bit earlier, but I remember being in the 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 yep. auxiliary locker room, the Green Mile area. They had lockers mm-hmm. right by each other. Now they have lock, lockers in the main area next to each other kind of you know just two guys that became really close friends I think that for sure would be my pick for a a tag team
2: see I'm going to take half of your answer and I'm going to go Alan Lazard and Sammy Watkins because that's just easy they just call themselves the lizards because you got Sammy Watkins saying that he's some kind of lizard you got the lizard king and Alan
3: Lazard it books itself Andy the merch is flying off the shelf it's Uh done I'm going the Joneses. I'm going Aaron okay. Jones and Caleb Jones. You have to have a, a gimmick oh. and a stick, right? You've got the Joneses. It sells itself. You've got the the flippy guy and Aaron Jones. You've got the big physical Omos guy and Caleb Jones. And if they want to start a trios tournament together, guess what? You can bring up Caleb Jones as well. And you just got the Joneses all together. So I'm, sure. I'm booking the Joneses as a, a a Wyatt family trio is what I'm going with here. You know the <laughs> other one, the Joneses.
2: <laughs> but yeah. the other one? I'd pro- <laughs> sorry you just call them the joneses and that's yeah, it like no, you're just, it looks yeah, really awkward on a shirt you're just like i don't where's the apostrophe go is it okay no, all right judges, yeah uh,
4: i was just gonna say probably should do rogers and in bakhtiari too i think that would be a natural one that would fit together
3: royce newman just looks like like he'd be in like some uh like backyard like, godwins, like a modern godwins type tag team as well
2: he's wrestling Moxley in like a barbed wire death match in somebody's
3: backyard just because <laughs> he wants to <laughs> Royce Newman versus Darby Allen. There's a lot you could do with Royce Newman in a, in a AEW setting. I'm, I'm telling you right now, oh. As this was way too fun, way more fun than it probably had any right being. I hope uh, everyone still could, stood, stood with us uh, through all those. Also Which talk some Packers stuff, Tom, plug your stuff and tell us where we can follow you.
2: I don't know why you want to, but like Tom Grassley, you could just, Search it places and you can find it. And it's fine. That's it. Yeah,
3: you can definitely do that. You can follow him, Tom Grassy Comedy on Twitter. Wes, how about you, bud? You can find me, <laughs> and I'll never turn down an opportunity to plug
4: myself. You can find me at Wes Hod. I don't make you have to spell out the last name on both Twitter and Instagram. Funny story: Corey Banky made me start up a TikTok in some jerk already took Wes hot on there. So I have a tech talk. I haven't used it, but I didn't get Wes hot. So I was really disappointed with that, but you can find all my content on Packers.com. There's some other websites that have stole it and have put it up on their own site. It isn't actually my stuff, but the actual organic stuff, Packers.com and the Packers mobile app.
3: Love it. You've got a Sammy Watkins article coming out tomorrow. I do. Yes. No, I'm really excited about it. And, and one
4: of the big reasons I wanted to do that was just getting a chance to talk with Aon Lazard after the game. Randall Cobb. This was even not even knowing what Rogers was saying at the podium about the text conversation he had with them and him mentioning that he was a special teammate. I'm telling you guys, Mercedes Lewis, Julius Peppers. We joke, you know, we joked about Martellus Bennett, but there have been so many veteran additions that have come in over the years. You know, Jari Evans is another one, too. It was an unsuccessful year for Green Bay. Rodgers broke the collarbone, but was a really valuable veteran for Lucas Patrick and Justin McCray and, and a lot of those young guys. The Packers haven't signed a ton of free agents over the years, but when they do, they tend to find these guys that are really good and not always vocal locker room leaders. And I really see Watkins sort of falling in, in that line of, of
3: veterans. Awesome. You guys are absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for doing this. Really appreciate it. I will be doing a Packaday Happy Hour on Friday, this Friday, 4.30 PM Central Time. Make sure to check that out. I'll be right back here on Packaday Live next Tuesday. Of course, you can follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. That does it for us today, but until next time, and as always, go pack go. I love you, Wes. Do I have to do this with Tom again?
2: I don't want to ever do.